Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Good morning and welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett. I'm the CEO and founder of Wildman Web Solutions here in Lawrence, Kansas. We are a digital marketing agency that works with small businesses. Um, and we started a couple months back doing this live stream, hoping to be a resource to uh, so many businesses that are moving online or leveraging their online presence a little bit more than uh, maybe they had in the past. So uh, we started doing this live stream every week as an open Q&A to anyone and everyone who wants to ask us some questions, ask questions of a professional digital marketer um, and figure out how to put their business online or how to more effectively leverage their business's online presence. So we are here every week, Wednesdays at 11, live streaming to our Facebook page and to uh, our YouTube channel. So uh, pick your social channel choice and uh, tune in every Wednesday at 11. We're here to answer your questions. So if you have any questions about technology, um, business, marketing, or anything else, go ahead and throw those questions in the comments below. Or if you're catching this later, you can email us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. I do have that address um, scrolling below me here in case you need it. But enough of me talking here. Uh, I think it's time to bring in my partner, Mike. Mike, are you with me? I am here. I am wired, fired, inspired, sure dipped, and honey glazed, Miles. It is a privilege to once again join you on this fine program. How are you this you morning? You more and more creative with your introductions every time. I, I love it. Yeah, I got to do something in my free time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here and answering uh, the fine people's questions out there. So like I said, this is an open Q&A for anyone and everyone who's catching this live stream. So throw your questions in the comments below, or if you're catching this later, uh, email us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. We're going to start with a couple of questions we had in the hopper here over the last week, a couple of questions from clients, friends, or uh, random passers-by. Uh, I got one really interesting one that I think uh, we will probably spend a little bit of time on this morning because it's just so important and so many people kind of miss the boat on this one. Um, and that's something called remarketing or retargeting sometimes. Um, Basically, the concept is that if you catch someone online, you have the opportunity that you don't have in traditional marketing, and that is to follow them around online. You catch them with uh, a cookie or some sort of pixel or some sort of tracking code or something. Maybe they went to your website. Maybe they checked out your social media. Maybe they saw an ad that you put up there or watched a video. In some way, they engaged with you, and you can put them on your list and then continue to market to them um, in the future. So I'll let Mike talk about this a little bit more as our uh, resident sales uh, specialist. But I know that, I, I don't know what the stat is off the top of my head, but it's something like you have to talk to a, a, a client or a potential customer like seven times before you get the yes. Is that about right, Mike? 
On on average in sales, yes, that is that is correct. Most people say no six times, uh, whether it's it's a, you know an actual physical no or uh, you know just maybe mentally to themselves uh, before they say yes. So that's so, yeah, so, it's part of the reason why it's so important. Yeah, it's got to be incredibly important in order to uh, to show your message to a potential customer, potential client as many times as possible to try to get that yes. And that's what uh, remarketing, retargeting in is. I think the, the question we got was pretty general. is just how do I do this? So I think we'll just take it from a high level, kind of define it, and then they'll uh, drill down into some more specifics, maybe some action items that people can go out and actually try to tackle today if they wanted to. So Mike, do you want to kind of take it from that high level and just explain the general concept first before we get into it? Sure. Uh you know, I guess from a really high level, you know, this is just, it's really the concept of frequency, you know, if you think about it, which has been as old as, as I guess, you know, marketing itself, uh, just the idea that, you know, you have to say something more than once, usually to get somebody to act on it. And so the more times that you say something, the more times that you present somebody with their offer or with your offer, uh, the more likely it is that they're going to take you up on it. Uh, you know, I, I gave the example, I think a couple of weeks ago, uh, on the show when, when somebody asked about saturating the market and, you know, what's too much frequency. And I said, well, it really depends on your offer. Uh, and the same thing is, is true here. You know, it depends on your buying funnel, depends on, uh, how often somebody purchases your product or service. And it really depends on what your offer is. And the example I gave, uh, somewhat tongue in cheek was, you know, if Dale Willie starts uh, uh, advertising today that they're going to sell Corvettes for a nickel. Well, they could go on any medium anywhere and say at one time and you know, they're going to be sold out of Corvettes within the hour. Right. I mean, there's just people are just going to stampede the place. But if they just advertise, hey, we're selling Corvettes and they start at seventy five thousand dollars. Well, you're probably going to have to talk to somebody a while about spending that kind of money, even on a beautiful machine like a Corvette. And so that's where the idea of frequency comes in, uh, which, you know, the other side of the equation is, of course, reach. Uh, so like I said, reach and frequency are, are very old school, traditional uh, marketing techniques. But then how it plays in today's digital world is what we call remarketing or retargeting. And this is the ability to to really uh, create fr unique frequency, meaning you're able to target the same person again and again in order to make sure that you're taking them down through that buying funnel. And Miles, I just happened to have, I didn't even plan this out, this notebook uh -oh. is sitting notebook over coming here out. <laughs> on, my, on my desk, yes, with our friendly handy buying funnel in case uh, anybody has forgotten what this looks like. But, you know, it's really important that we talk to people again and again because we can get somebody in the top of this funnel and then they forget about us. And so when we talk to them, when we create frequency or when we remarket, when we retarget people, what we're doing is we're hopefully taking them down through these stages of unawareness to awareness to understanding to conviction to action. And that's hopefully, you know, what a good effective campaign is going to be able to do through remarketing and retargeting. So as you said, you know, the easiest way to do that uh, is uh, through putting a pixel. You know, if you're running a campaign like through uh, Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram or something like that, putting a pixel up and uh, on your website or wherever you're sending the traffic to. And so you can follow that person uh, 
wherever they go on the internet, essentially. And, and so what we can do is somebody goes to our website once, they don't convert, right? Because 97% of website traffic that's cold does not convert the first time they go somewhere. And so what we do is then we can basically follow them around the internet. And then if they go to their favorite clothing website or their favorite news website or whatever, their favorite social media channel, uh, we can retarget and remarket them uh, through that process and send them messages. And so what we're able to do through that is we're also able to craft the messages to coincide with where that person is in the funnel. Because again, this is, this is a unique retargeting. We're retargeting an audience. And so we know that this is a certain sect of people that we're targeting, which is a little bit different than when you uh, are, are creating frequency on, on a traditional media, on a big broadband type of media like television or radio, is you're not really sure, you know, you're, you're, you know how many, what the frequency of your commercials are, but you're not really always sure who and when those people are tuning in. So you could be hitting different audiences within that mass audience and not really properly retargeting them as much as you should be. So that's the nice thing about digital is it's a little bit easier to figure out and track these people and make sure that we're actually seeing that those people are seeing our ad again and again and again. And it's not different people that we're serving the ad to and kind of giving a, a, a false impression of our frequency, if you will. So let me get back to the how. So what we do is then we will send messages, like I said, that coincide with where they are in the funnel. So at the top of the funnel, when there are cold traffic, we are going to send more value-based messages, right? We're going to send messages that appeal with what they really want. We're going to try to identify with what their needs are. We're going to try to fix whatever their problem is. And we're going to try to get them to know, like, and trust us. Uh, later on down through the funnel, we're going to convert that into more sales, you know, more advertising than more marketing is, is more what we do at the top of the funnel. And so once we get somebody to see our images multiple times, we start to change that dynamic in our messaging and in our copy and our content to be more sales related. Because, for example, if I'm, re, if I'm retargeting somebody who watched a video, let's say I put a video out, let's say I'm a plumber and I put a video out. Uh, you know, talking about how to fix your sink, how to not have your toilets clogged, et cetera, et cetera. And it's really a value-based video. I'm not asking anybody to spend any money with me or anything like that. I'm just really trying to help people understand how they can take better care of their home. That's the top of the funnel type of a, of a marketing message. If I wanted to then remarket people who, let's say, watched 50% or more of that video, well, then maybe I could send them then a more sales-based you know, or at least have some sort of call to action in the message because I know that I've already built up some sort of rapport with them. I've already given them enough info that they kind of know, like, and trust me. They at least watch my video, right? I'm not just some stranger out there asking them to buy something. So the more times that we build that rapport, we build that relationship, and we get somebody to know, like, and trust us, the more easier it is to then transition over to sales. Uh, and so it's, it's a little bit of a dance and it's a little bit, you know, of a recipe, if you will, of how you communicate with your audience. And so that's why remarketing and retargeting is so important, because if you don't have the, the fundamentals of that system in place then you can't do the other side of what I'm talking about with the creative. Uh, and so then you're, you know, you're constantly stuck in this position of 
really talking to a lot of cold traffic. And, and if you're trying to do uh, sales and advertising techniques on straight cold traffic, uh, the conversion rate drops significantly. It's very hard to do that. And so that becomes very expensive. Uh, and that usually leads to people giving up and saying, well, I tried that. It didn't work. Um, so, <laughs> Miles, is there anything else in there that you think I, for, I, I left out about remarketing and retargeting? No, I think you, you covered it pretty well, but there's one point that um, I know has come up uh, in a conversation la this last week um, that I thought was, was interesting and um, maybe people don't completely understand, and that is the, uh, the, the advertising networks that Google have, that Facebook has. Um, so that when we are running ads on, you know, say a Facebook platform, you aren't just putting your ads on Facebook. That's not where people are seeing it necessarily. There is a, a, a network of sites where these ads can be displayed. So first of all, of course, um, you can get those ads to show up on Instagram because Facebook owns Instagram. And um, as far as the back end goes, they're, they're pretty much the same thing. Um, but then they also are displaying your ads across the internet on a bunch of partner sites. That's where you, you know, go to, like you said, you're, uh, you go to, I don't know, CNN.com or something, and you've got that sidebar and you've got ads displaying to you. Those things can come from the Facebook um, advertising network or the Google's network. Um, so when you do set up a campaign like that and you're putting ads out there, understand that you're able to capture this sort of attention and this engagement across the, the web, not just on these specific platforms. Yes. Yeah, and that's true. We did get a couple questions about that last or when was that at some point? I, <laughs> I think it was earlier ago, this week. I think. I'm getting my, getting my days ago. confused. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about that for a minute uh, because there's some good points and some, there's some bad points, you know, in doing that. Uh, but what Miles is talking about there is essentially uh, audience networks. And so on each platform, Facebook, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, I think a couple others too, uh, they have basically third-party partnerships with other apps and other websites where they we can send those ads that we're sending out on Facebook onto those sites. So that's like, a, like we said, that's a great way to target people who aren't um, necessarily maybe on a platform all the time, uh, maybe especially something like LinkedIn. Uh, you know, a couple things though uh, of maybe why you know, you don't always want to use that um, is, you know, generally what those ads are doing is they're sending out, uh, like you said, to a website or to an app and that's a display ad. So display ads are much, much less likely to convert. Great for branding because you're going to get seen, but I think the average click on a display ad is something like 0.07%, right? It's, it's very, very, hard to get people most to click of that's them. accidental yeah that's true then you get a lot of junk clicks from those too uh, so sometimes if we're trying to if we're trying to just convert you know maybe we'll maybe we'll start with something that's in the audience network like a video uh, those are great to send out in the network because yeah then they can get seen in a lot of different places and people watch, tend, to, tend to watch the videos and engage with them more than the display ads but then when we, let's say, you know, this is a good example of what you can do in the bottom of the funnel, then when we're 
remarketing somebody in the bottom of the funnel and really trying to get somebody to buy something will probably only put them in, say, the Facebook or Instagram newsfeed because that's where the highest level of con conversion happens. That's where the true clicks and the true sales happen much more. So there's different times and there's different places for that. And like on Facebook, for example, too, they've started to go away a little bit from some of their third-party partnerships. Um, they don't want to get too far in the weeds, but <laughs> let's just say that sometimes they've been put on websites that people didn't want their brand put on, you know, necessarily. So there's been a little bit of, of, of um, backlash on it, but Facebook has now gone to great lengths, I think, to fix that and correct all that. And so I don't see that as a problem near as much as we did maybe let's say like a year ago uh and and so i i still i still think especially on linkedin that's a great tool to be using the audience network there's another point in there just to go a little bit more technical that i wanted to hit on and that is you know you just said the pixel that you'll use a pixel in order to track uh, these mm -hmm. people and the, the people who view your ads or view your content uh, the pixel is not like a pixel on a TV or anything. The pixel is a tracking code. Um, so it's literally just a little piece of markup code that you would um, either copy and paste onto your website, or uh, if you have like a WordPress site, there's a, a you know a plugin where you'll just put in an ID. But that's basically all it is. It's a it's a unique identifier, um, letting the the advertising platform know what campaign this traffic is tied to. Um, so that when you put that on your website, or you put that into your uh, into your campaign or something, the the advertising platform can keep track of all of the traffic, keep track of who's been seeing your ad specifically, and keep track of your campaign specifically. So that's that's all it is. It's an ID for your ad campaign. Um, and, and it is possible. I'll say one one quick point there is it is a great reason to have control of your own website. And, Absolutely. And, and, you know, be able to control the back end of your website, because if you can't do that and you can't put a pixel on there, and then when you start running ads, you're not going to get the, the return on investment that you really should be. But go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a... Uh... It's something I'm seeing going out. Uh, it, it seemed to be more of an issue a couple of years back, um, and that is, you know, um, agencies or developers or freelancers not giving access to uh, to the clients, um, which on one hand, I, I kind of get you're retaining control of everything from a business side, but um, you've, you've got to have access to your own site. Um, it just gives you control over it. It lets you have actual ownership over it. Um, and then, yeah, it does make it a more, uh, a more powerful tool for you for when you are going into, say, you know, you're launching a digital ads campaign or something like that. You want to leverage your website a little bit more than just having it be that online business card that says, you know, here's here's me, here's how to contact me, here's mm -hmm. what I do. Uh, if you're doing anything more than that, then yeah, you've got to have control over the back end of your site. Um, but on the Pixel, uh, again, it, it, they can call it a number of different things depending on what platform you're you're working on. Um, if you're doing like a, a Google ads campaign versus a Facebook ads campaign. They're gonna, there's going to be some different verbiage around it, but it's, it's basically the same concept where you've got this code, this ID. It, uh, you just have to copy it, paste it onto your website uh, so that you can fully leverage the remarketing capabilities of these incredibly powerful advertising platforms. 
So yeah, I just wanted to hit on the on the pixel there, and I guess that's kind of getting into the the how to section of this. If anyone has any questions on this, has any experience working with a, a remarketing campaign, or wants us to dive into any of this, please throw it into the comments here. Um, but if you are wanting to get into doing something like this, or if you're wondering if if your current ad campaign is leveraging uh, something like remarketing. Um, Really, you just have to look for that tracking code. See if it's on your website somewhere, and that's going to be indicative of if you are if you are uh, leveraging remarketing or retargeting. If you're not, go to your ad platform, go to Google, go to Facebook, go to wherever you're running this ad, generate that code, and get it onto your website. If you know how to copy and paste it on there, awesome. If you're working with a developer or an agency, send it to them, have them do it. Whatever you need to do, get this on your website. Otherwise, you're just that's just missed opportunities abound. Definitely. Miles, one last point here is, you know, so we've been talking about this from a strictly a sales point of view, but also there's incredible data and just market research that you can get by having a, uh, a pixel on your website from any of these platforms. Uh, you know, Audience Insights is a tool on Facebook uh, Ads Manager that I think is extremely invaluable. And basically what that allows us to do is the Facebook pixel, it not only tracks the people that go to the website, what they do on the website, you know, what they're more interested in, what they click on, all these things, which some of that you can find out from Google Analytics, but they also tell you the details. This is where it gets a little creepy. It also tells you the details of who these people are, meaning not only their demographics, you know, where they live, uh, their age, you know, male, female, all that good stuff, but what they're into, what they like, what their interests are, what they eat, what they shop, you know, what kind of movies they like, what kind of music they like. I mean, literally all of these things, they, and after a while getting this data and this research, you can start to really understand the intimate details of who your audience is. And of course, this is invaluable information to then remarket, excuse me, re, uh, reverse engineer and create content Right, I'm going back to value-based content, create content around what these people are actually into, uh, and so you can find out all these details and really get to understand your audience better, and then use that to communicate with your audience better uh, through some of these tools that we're talking about, like a like the Facebook Pixel and and the same thing on other platforms. Well, do you have any tips for anyone who, you know? is maybe just hearing about this for the first time or you know, maybe is interested in getting uh, going on something like this, something they can actually just go out and do today. I'm going to try to put some resources into the uh, comments below, some links so people can check that out. But do you have any tips for someone who's just getting going on this and maybe wants to try to do something uh, about remarketing or retargeting? Yes. My tips would be, you know, don't put the cart before the horse, so to speak. Don't don't focus on the remarketing aspect of it first. Focus on how can I get uh, an audience, you know, because you have to have something first to engage with, right? Like this strategy doesn't work unless I have that value video that gets a bunch of views. You know, it's like if I can get a video that has 50, 60, 80,000 views, then I have an audience that I can remarket. And, and I'm not talking about organic like an organic viral video. I'm talking about a video that you would put money behind as a paid ad to get views from. So 
it's not that hard to get 50,000 views. Don't think you have to turn into a TikTok star or something like that here. Uh, but, you know, just any kind of a video that is, is you could shoot on your phone, you know, as long as it resonates with your audience. And again, you reverse engineer what your audience really wants and what they're into and you speak to them uh, in that uh, type of a framework, then you can have a tool like remarketing work for you. So, so that, that would be the biggest thing I, I would say is before we figure out, hey, how, how am I going to sell somebody with remarketing? Let's first figure out how we're going to get attention because that's, that's the first step here. You know, is we got to get somebody's attention. We got to get somebody to engage with us somehow, and then we can, we can remarket them. And so the shortcut to getting somebody to engage with you and pay attention to you, don't try to sell them anything. You know, again, just just provide value, figure out what they need and give them that in a, in a form of content. Uh, if you already have a bunch of content that, you know, if you already have, well, my guy, I've been running videos and I have 50,000 views on all my plus and all my videos, et cetera, et cetera. I just didn't know that I could remarket people. OK, well, then, yes, then you need to, um, you know, put a pixel on your website today uh and 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 start to figure out how to remarket those people on whatever platform you're on uh and start to utilize that because but the first step is getting that audience built up so you can remarket them and i feel like it's a uh, a recurring theme here on this show that there's a time and place for everything and not you know, one tool isn't going to work everywhere. There isn't a one size fits all for anyone at any point. So this is just another tool in your belt, not a uh, fix all solution. Um, and, and definitely shouldn't be leveraged everywhere all at once. It's got to be put in um, into your campaign as part of an overarching strategy. But I went ahead and put in a basic link um, in the comments here. It's just a quick how to from Facebook on how to set up a retargeting campaign on Facebook. I'll be adding in another link here in a second back to our website, um, our blog here. We've got a bunch of articles on how to do stuff like this um, and you know just covering some basics of online advertising. So make sure to check that out. Uh, wildmanweb.com slash blog. We've got a bunch of useful articles there. It's all just a free resource for you guys. All right. Um, be moving on from this, I think. Um, like I said at the beginning of the show, this is an open Q&A. So if you're just joining here, have any questions or anything, throw them in the comments below. Uh, we're streaming this live to our Facebook page and to our YouTube channel. And we do that every week, Wednesdays at 11. Uh, so make sure to tune in next week. Um, and if you're catching this afterwards or anything, you want to ask us a question, um, we'll, we'll try to get to your question next week if you email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Uh, Mike, did you have any other uh, questions over there in the hopper? Well, we had a couple questions come in just around uh, e-commerce in general. So I figured it'd be good just to touch on that since it is e-commerce season, of course, uh, here in the in the holiday uh, joyous time of the year. And uh, we just had Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and uh uh, Cyber Monday, of course, and uh, there was some some trends that came out, especially from Black Friday, some data uh, that I thought was probably worth discussing on the show. 
um, and seeing how we've been discussing these trends ever since we started the show uh, about eight months ago uh, when COVID hit. And surprise, surprise, you know, uh, all the trends just kind of crescendoed on on Black Friday. Um, And, you know, we've been seeing a lot of what we've, of the continuation of what we've been seeing for most of 2020. Uh, As you guys know, Black Friday is the, the Super Bowl, if you will, of shopping every year. And um, it's been going on over a hundred years or so. I mean, a long, long, long time. Traditionally, it was the day when uh, the big retail chains finally got into the black. They finally turned a profit after, uh, of course, all their expenditures throughout the year, uh, buying merchandise and staffing and advertising and all of that. Uh, This year with the pandemic, of course, we had a much different Black Friday. Uh, And I'm going to put a uh, 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 what I thought, I read several articles. I, I thought this one was one of the best ones uh, that I found, Miles. I don't know if you have any other ones you want to throw in here in the link, but I'll put an article in that I found the other day that was really good. I don't know. I'm going to put this in on Facebook. So, Miles, you might have to recopy it for the YouTube people. Um, but is the is just going over the winners and losers and some really interesting trends. You know, first of all, of course, online sales just absolutely skyrocketing, as well as uh, the demand for curbside pickup and uh, and delivery, of course, you know, also a huge thing. Uh, Another big trend was mobile. Uh, Almost 50% of retail buying for Black Friday was done on mobile. And uh, the interesting thing here, you know, of course, Miles, that we've been discussing off and on here for, for months now is what is going to happen once the pandemic uh, resides and, and, and eventually goes away? And, you know, what's going to happen with the behaviors and the shopping trends uh, that the consumers, the habits the consumers are forming right now? And how is that going to play out in the future? You know, uh, I think all of us have seen the, uh, you know, the terrible uh, fights and, and all those things that ensue on Black Friday in the big retail stores, the people, you know, literally punching each other in the face over the last uh, whatever on the shelf. And, uh, you know, I, I think for the most part, uh, that was that was not that was non-existent this year as, uh, you know, the vast majority of the retail shopping was done online. And certainly I think it's a much I don't know, more relaxing experience for the consumer, um, if you will. I know I, I did a little bit of shopping over the weekend, and it was certainly much easier than going out and dealing with crowds, uh, you know, even not with, notwithstanding COVID, even in, in normal times. And so, you know, the question here, of course, is how much of this is just going to become the norm uh, moving forward? And, of course, in our world, what does that mean for small businesses? Uh, because, of course, the big losers here, unfortunately, were the small businesses who weren't prepared for online ordering, curbside pickup, delivery, you know, and, and all these things that, that the big retailers have had in, in place for years now at this point. Uh, and so foot traffic was significantly down, uh, of course, uh, uh, over previous years, which, again, wasn't a surprise. And if it only happens one year out of a hundred, it's not the end of the world. But uh, you know, as we know, even before COVID, uh, online sales were taking huge chunks 
of traditional retail and forcing some of the biggest names in traditional retail into bankruptcy. Uh, as we've talked before, that COVID, you know, according to uh, institutions like Salesforce, has you know has advanced the uh, the digital landscape, if you will, uh, by five years over the course of just five months. And so, I guess more of a question to you, Miles, uh, as the resident e-commerce expert, is where do you see all these trends uh, playing out? Uh, you know, in the short term, and then in the long run, especially for small businesses. Well, uh, I think I've I've gotten out of the prediction game. I think that's probably not <laughs> a good place to be in, um, given the last year and and whatnot. Um, but I will say there's a couple of, of interesting trends out there that um, I, I'm curious to see where they land. Um, obviously, the big shopping centers have been getting more and more and more traffic. Amazon has just grown exponentially over the last couple of months, uh, seeing tons of traffic, tons of business, uh, huge revenue centers there at Amazon. Um, now, they do have small businesses selling their products through Amazon. Um, so it's not entirely just one behemoth of a business selling all of this stuff and taking up the entire market share. Um, so it's kind of uh, it's kind of complicated to see exactly how much of that market share is owned by real small businesses and how many um, or how much of that market share is really just those big the big boys and girls there. Um, I'm curious to see, there's been somewhat of a pushback, people pushing away from large shopping centers like Amazon um, and and encouraging people to shop small, shop local. Even if you are shopping online or virtually, try to go directly to the source and shop directly with them um, and support your, your local marketplace, uh, whatever that is. So, um, we're starting to get some stats on that. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see where all the chips fall to see how many people went uh, through major online shopping centers, through Google Shopping, Amazon, eBay, et cetera, and how many people went directly to um, smaller businesses' websites and, and shopped directly with them and not in these major shopping centers. Um, and then also to see where major retailers play in there, because that's a whole other part of this. Um, of this puzzle, you know, Walmart, Target, that kind of thing, or even getting into the, you know, Bed Bath and Beyond and those kinds of businesses where there are these massive retailers and people are going directly to those sites and buying directly from those businesses. So we're just starting to get some information on that. And I'm really curious to see where that falls. Um, but from everything I'm seeing here, it's shifted surprisingly towards people going directly to these websites and buying directly from these businesses, whether we're talking about the major retailers or small mom and pop shops on the on the corner. So that leads me to the obvious conclusion of you got to get your stuff online. If you haven't already, now I've been harping on this for, for the last couple of years, but especially in COVID times and with these trends that, that we're seeing here, it's more important than ever to set up some form of e-commerce, even if that's not selling your entire, um, everything that you have, all of your products, all of your services on your website, just doing something to get um, some of your business online, even if it's just a select few products that you know that uh, are going to sell well or a key service or something, um, or maybe just something like 
online booking or something like that. It doesn't have to be strictly e-commerce, but some way for your customers to engage with you online, through your social media, through your own website. I mean, there's just, there's, there's becoming, there's more and more and more opportunity there. And I feel like a lot of people are missing that opportunity by not having uh, even an option for their customers to engage with them properly online. 100% correct, Miles. And I, I had actually, I have some stats there or here for you on, on some of those points you were making. Um, and, and first of all, I, I want to say happily that I did go downtown uh, Saturday afternoon for Small Business Saturday, and it was jumping. Uh, there was there was a lot of folks downtown uh, spending some money, so that that was very very good. I had to, had to go around a, the block a few times to find a parking spot. So so uh, at least here in Lawrence, it looked like you know the foot traffic on Mass was was not completely off the mark. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, but yes, uh, as far as the big retailers go, and I'll get to Amazon here in a second, but uh, Target was definitely a big, big winner here. Uh, and they were up 156% year over year going into Black uh, Friday. And overall on Black Friday, large retailers uh, grew by 403%. Their sales did uh, over, over last year. And on social media, Amazon, Walmart, Target, Best Buy, and GameStop were the most mentioned retailers according to Salesforce. That is in that article uh, that I linked down there uh, for you guys in the comment section. Uh, and then yes, Amazon has come came out yesterday and said that they had their biggest day ever on uh, on Black Friday and their biggest shopping weekend ever over the over the weekend as a whole. Uh, it's a holiday season unlike any other. Uh, according to Jeff Wilk, CEO of Amazon Worldwide uh, Consumer, and but you know, as you mentioned, that is that does not necessarily all bad news uh, for independent and small businesses, and we actually have a, a few data points on that. Uh, this is from uh, CN CNBC, which I'll uh, I'll link this article as well in the comments. Uh, independent businesses selling on Amazon surpassed 4.8 billion in worldwide sales from Black Friday. Through Cyber Monday, Amazon said, noting that figure was up 60% from last year. It added that 71,000 small and medium-sized businesses had seen sales above $100,000 in this holiday season. So, you know, there, there is certainly a glimmer of hope there. Uh, and, and one of the reasons why we can't completely uh, poo poo on Amazon <laughs> because, you know, while they are a big behemoth and they have certainly, you know, taken sales away, uh, and shut down, you know, certain, uh, industries, if you will, from traditional retail, they've also opened up a great selling space for small, uh, medium and independent businesses, uh, to leverage Amazon store and more importantly, their traffic. And, you know, be able to, for those small businesses to get sales that they would never be able to traditionally afford, you know, e even if they went their own route with uh, something like a Facebook ads campaign and, and their own website. You know, they're not going to be able to replicate the kind of traffic that you're able to get on Amazon, uh, which is a reason why, you know, we suggest that people should put their stuff on Amazon as long as there's not uh, contractual obligations for them not to, which sometimes happens with suppliers. But uh, it's a wonderful tool for small business. So what do you think about some of those stats there, Miles? 
Well, that was kind of in the same direction of what I was seeing over here. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes in the long run, because uh, everything I'm looking at, and generally what I look at is not necessarily specific numbers, but more trends. Um, I like to see where things are moving over time, and therefore the longer, uh, longer time period that I'm looking at, the more accurate of an idea I can get of, of, of the picture that I'm looking at. Um, so definitely seeing some, some interesting trend lines here. And yes, having small businesses selling through Amazon does complicate some of those numbers and makes it kind of hard to see um, you know, where smaller businesses and where larger retails or retailers are falling into it because we do have those major online shopping centers. Um, but as far as I can see, the trends here, which is backed up by what you were just putting there, is that people are shopping directly with small businesses online more and more. Uh, so that leads me to my my conclusion of, you know, you got to get your stuff online, but more specifically, uh, kind of tying into your last point there, um, if you can sell on, on multiple places online, then do it. It's just like opening up another location. Um, lots of e-commerce uh, solutions, including our own e-commerce solution here at Wildman, um, allow you to manage all of your products and all of your inventory in one place and then distribute your products to different online shopping centers, including your own website. So you can display your store on your website. You can also display your uh, products on Amazon and eBay and Google Shopping and all of those other uh, major shopping centers so that you can get more eyes on your products more I mean it's just uh, it's just playing the stats there it's more likely that people are going to happen uh, across your product uh, more opportunities for people to find you for people to see you um, so if you can pull that off and you can sell in multiple places online do it you might as well uh, but yeah, be careful of some some contractual obligations. Some people, if you are reselling any types of products or you have um, sort of picky suppliers, there are some rules around that. So make sure to check with that first. Yeah, or even just having affiliate links sometimes to products on yeah. Amazon can be a great source of revenue as well if you have a good size audience and traffic. But Miles, here's here's one one other stat of why you you should certainly consider being on Amazon. Uh, they are claiming 42 cents of every dollar spent during this holiday season. <laughs> wow. That's wild. That is wild. Uh, yes. And, and on the flip side of that foot, foot traffic to stores on black Friday dropped 52% compared with last year. So, well, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, not exactly surprising surprising given what we're going through this year i'm interested to see where some of these trends go um outside of pandemic times like how much mm -hmm. of this is attributed directly to uh to the pandemic and how much of it is just sort of the natural trend line and then how much is that natural trend line uh you know been exaggerated or accelerated by the pandemic but we'll continue to see that direction after we move outside of uh crazy pandemic times um yeah that'll be the that'll be the question that that remains to be answered but but like we've we've said many times on the show you know it's usually convenience and speed that wins out you know if you if you just look at history of business and history of human nature it's going to be really hard to put this genie back in the bottle and I know you don't like to make predictions, but, you know, while, while I don't think that the trend is going to be 
as pronounced next year, I really don't, you know, I really don't see, uh, see it changing a whole, whole lot. Now, you know, one thing that could be, uh, that we, that was, we mentioned in one of these articles, I forget which one, I think it was the first one I put in there, you know, our delivery issues, you know, there, you know, since, uh, you know, it's much easier to just click and get something than it is to drive across town and find a crowd to do it. Uh, you know, there are supply issues, especially, you know, with the supply chain issues that we're having. And so items uh, hotly, you know, hotly uh, popular items are selling out very, very quickly. And, you know, I'm sure that del- the, the delivery scene is going to be an absolute mess over these next three weeks, you know. And so that could be the only kind of thing that I, I could see, like, really shifting back on this is if people actually can't get the product that they want or they can't get it in time. And so it's actually more efficient for them to go because they know that that store has it in stock. If they just, they're there when the store opens, you know, they're going to get it. Um, you know, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that, 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 that could also be a thing that plays in here. But I, I just think that, that, yeah, this was, uh, this was a great test here in this entire experiment uh, that we've been going through uh, with, with online uh, retail and e-commerce. So really interesting stuff there, Miles. And there's one thing I want to add here before we move on, um, and that is you kind of brought up something nice with the uh, affiliate links. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is when we say e-commerce, we're not necessarily, at least in this context, just talking about strictly e-commerce of you know having a store on your website where people can go and buy a product. Um, at least when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about just giving your audience, giving your customers um, the opportunity to engage with you online. So that can be something less strictly e-commerce like an affiliate link. Um, Or, you know, uh, like I said earlier, some sort of online booking or something like that. Just getting something on your website or um, and or on um, other websites, on, uh, on, on shopping centers, on social media, some way for people to virtually interact with you and your business. Um, if you are not doing that, especially in these times, then you are missing opportunity after opportunity for people to engage with you because you're right. Uh, people are lazy. People are, uh, we, we like convenience. Um, and especially right now, people are afraid to go out and they're not, um, engaging with businesses the same way that they used to. And I don't think that we're going to put this gene back in the bottle. I don't think that um, we're going to see the exact numbers that we're seeing, but I do think that these trends are going to continue in a similar direction for years to come. Um, so now is the time. Yesterday was the time if you were uh, uh, if you were on top of this, but if you're not there yet, then now is the time to get yourself online um, to find some way you may have to get a little bit creative with some of these businesses out here but find some way to get some aspect of your business virtual yeah 100 percent. and miles the other kind of thing that maybe people don't think about uh, is is how you know having a better online presence can actually increase your foot traffic in your store and it can actually, it can, uh, I would say, help you be more sticky once somebody comes into your store. You know, something like an, a mobile app, 
uh, is a great example of this. And I actually thought about it uh, as when I was downtown on Saturday because I saw one store and actually I saw a couple stores doing this, you know, because of COVID, they were, of course, limiting the number of people in the store. And so they actually had somebody at the door that was, you know, kind of blocking off the door, letting people in a certain amount of time as other people came out. Uh, and there was a line that had formed, you know, I wouldn't say around the block, but a little bit down the block of people waiting to get in. And, you know, I thought about, man, push notifications on an app, you know, and having something like that where you could have a special offer, you know, for people who were only, you know, around your store, in line at your store, or in your store or something like that. And, you know, a little bit of gamification, if you will, where you could make it more fun, you know, and rewarding for somebody to come into your store. And on the same flip side of that is, you know, you mentioned QR codes, which made me think about uh, restaurants and, uh, and retail stores, especially who I think are missing a huge opportunity here because it's really, really hard to get somebody inside those spaces right now. And once we get them inside the space, we want to make sure that we have a way for them to communicate with us, us communicate with them, us engage with each other after they leave the space, because that is, the number one way that we're going to get them to come right back in the space. You know, so if somebody's sitting down at a table uh, at a restaurant, I could have a QR code sitting up there. They can download my app with it and they can get specials. They can get, they can sign up for uh, a rewards program. They can sign up for push notifications and things like that, that allows me to communicate with them after they leave to get them to come back again. You know, same thing with the retail store. Um, I mean, heck, even just getting their name and their email and putting them on your email list, uh, you know, is is a big step forward if you can't go all in on something like an app. Um, but I see a lot of missed opportunities happening uh, right there. And um, I hope people are, are going to think a little bit more outside the box. And as you said, creatively uh, about how to use these tools to not only service their people, you know, online, but also make sure that we're using them as leverage to get them back in our physical places because as we're seeing also from some of these trends you know the lack of foot store traffic has really hurt those people who they they weren't prepared to do as much online retail as they could you know they didn't have their all their SKUs online or whatever it is like the big box stores do uh and so we we, we can't give up on on, on foot traffic uh at least at this point we have to be, leverage these tools in order to have more opportunities to get people in the door. Yeah, got to be creative. You know, there is a reason that our, our slogan is be wild. It's not just a play on the name. It is all about thinking outside the box. So um, all the tech, all the platforms, uh, these are just these are just tools. What you do with it is what's important. Mm -hmm. So um, as we're moving into the last couple of minutes of the show here, um, just want to remind everyone this is an open Q&A. So, um, you know, thanks for everyone that's engaged with us today and over the last couple of weeks. Uh, feel free to throw your comments or your questions in the comments below as we're streaming out to uh, Facebook and our YouTube channel as well. Um, if you're catching this later, you can engage with us by emailing us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Um, I have that address scrolling below me here if you want to grab it. Because um, we are doing this every week, Wednesdays at 11, uh, live streaming and answering your questions. I didn't want to throw out a couple of other resources because that is that is why we're doing this. Uh, we love our small business community here in Lawrence and um, anywhere else that people may be watching this. I guess this, this could be global. Um, 
So we, uh, we provide this show every week to hopefully answer your questions, put out some good information. Uh, we also have our blog here, which I have uh, just below me, wildlandweb.com slash blog, a bunch of articles there. I'll be adding to it uh, more and more resources as we go on. Um, actually, we just redid our website. So you have, if you haven't been there recently, go check it out. Not only a, re new, uh, a redesign to make the whole thing look slicker, but there's a bunch more uh, resources, a bunch more tools there, a bunch more utilities for you. So go check it out, wildmanweb.com. Uh, we also have our toolkit at wildmanweb.com slash LBOT. If you want to sign up there, just put in some basic information about your business, um, and it'll give you some software to help manage your social media, your listings, your reviews, um, analytics on your website, on if you are running any kind of advertising, digital advertising, it'll give you some great metrics on all of that. So that's a really good place to start if you're really wanting to get into this and you have no idea where to uh, uh, where to get going. Um, and finally, we are also uh, just launching a new program that's called our sales system, the Wildman Sales System. Um, Mike, I'll let you take that as this is uh, your brainchild. Yeah, so thank you, Miles. Uh, you know, the sales system is a program that I, I put together uh, basically after you know trial and error in the small, medium-sized business world uh, for over a decade. And what we've done is we've plugged the leaks. You know, we've we've figured out uh, how to make sure that you can not only get more leads but better leads and retain those leads and turn them into longtime customers. And so that's what this program is really about. Uh, we only have four spots left. We had five. We have four now, uh, and it's really you know uh, designed for people who need uh, have a lead type of a business. They need customers, um, you know. And so this is for people who this is not a branding campaign or anything like that. We can put that together for you. That's something different. Uh, this is for people who need more customers and they need better customers and they need to turn them into long-term customers and clients. And so we'd love to sit down with you to see if this is a good fit for you. Um, but yeah, we were launching this program uh, just last week and really, really excited about it and can't wait to help uh, some small businesses here locally uh, get some more customers. Yeah, so go to wildmanweb.com slash sales system to apply for it. Again, we've only got a couple of spots and it's really for a very specific kind of business. So uh, we'll have you apply there and just put in some basic info about your business and we'll, we'll probably talk to you after that to see if this is a good fit for you. Um, but, you know, the same reason that we have that sales system and the toolkit and this show and everything. We're, we're really trying to be a resource to our community, um, especially during pandemic times. But outside of that as well, we love being um, that resource for you, the, the, the people you come to to ask, uh, you know, how all of this stuff works or where to get started. Um, uh, I, I like having Wildman be that resource for people. So um, if you think the information that we're putting out here is useful, uh, if you think that uh, other people could find some um, some good in listening to this or watching this, or maybe they have some questions that we haven't been able to get to or something, please like, share uh, this video, get it out to as many people as possible so that we can uh, be a resource to as many people as possible and answer as many questions as we possibly can. Otherwise, check back in here next Wednesday at 11. We'll be live streaming to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. Uh, to answer your questions and email us in the meantime. We'll get to those first thing next week. Mike, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it as always, Miles. And uh, everybody have a safe, healthy, prosperous week. And we'll see you next time. All right. See you, Mike.
right, that is it for today. I'll see you all next week, Wednesday at 11. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. <laughs>